Amen. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And, and I've titled this today, How to Kill a Giant. Everyone say, How to Kill a Giant. How many know the story of David and Goliath? All right, everybody, almost everybody knows that. If you're new to the Lord, you may not be familiar with this. This is a, uh, how many learned this in Sunday school? Oh, you just aged yourself, right? Uh, no, how many, how many remember learning this in Sunday school? And uh, it's just a powerful story. And there's some points that I want to bring out in this story. Um, and uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 37 um, it said, it says this right here, okay? But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And then there came a lion. Everyone say a lion. Or a bear. Everyone say a bear. And took the lamb from the flock. Uh, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if, and if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. It's pretty amazing, right? Uh, I lost my place. Where, uh, oh, your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be uh, like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God, verse 37, and David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine, amen, and Saul said to David, go and what, and the Lord be with you, so I want to talk to you today about how to kill a giant, how to kill a giant today. And, and we know this great story. Uh, David, who is, has many brothers, is overlooked by his dad. Matter of fact, uh, Samuel comes to anoint a new king, and he goes to the house of Jesse. And when he's there, Jesse has all these sons, and, and, and Samuel goes along to all his sons, and he looks at this one. This one's good looking. This one's strong. This one's athletic. And, 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 Samuel, and God tells Samuel, don't look on the outside, but look at the heart. And so as he's going through, God is re rejecting them one by one and telling them they're not going to be king. They're not going to be king. And then he runs out of sons, and, and, and this story is interesting because Samuel's like, hey, do you have any more sons? As, you know, how many know that when you have so many kids, sometimes you forget about some of them, right? And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, we do have, I do have, I have one more son, but he's out watching the sheep. He's, he's doing a nominal thing. Nobody's really paying attention to him. He's the guy who's cleaning the toilets. He's the guy that's doing next to nothing. And, and honestly, I don't think that he is the one, right? And Samuel says, go and get him. And he brings him in and he anoints David to be king. How many know that when others see a shepherd boy, God sees a king? Come on, somebody, right? When, when others have counted you out, God can still use you, right? And, and maybe you're here today and you say, I, I don't feel like that I'm qualified to be used by God. Well, this is, you know what? David wasn't even in the, in the mix to be called out. But when God will make a way where there seems to be no way, right? And it's interesting. So this story goes on, and, and this is a few years later. 
David is, he goes out to the battlefield because his dad told him to go out there. And he says, hey, take this bread, take this cheese, take this pizza out to your brothers. Basically, he's the first Uber Eats going out to the battlefield to take his brothers some food who are sitting there. And they're in this stalemate, right? The Philistines are on one side of the valley. The Israelites are on one side of the valley. And neither one of them want to do anything. And every day, the Philistines sing their great, uh, 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 you know, uh, champion out, which is Goliath. And, and the Bible says that he's about nine feet to ten feet tall, and every day he would go out there and he would mock Israel, and he would mock the God of Israel and taunt them every day. How many, how many know that that's what the devil likes to do? He's all bark and no bite. Come on, somebody, right? And, and, and so Goliath, that's what he's doing. He's out there and he's barking, barking, barking. He's like those little dogs that, that you know, you go into someone's house and they're like, you're like, stop it. Right? And, and, but he's out there barking, and, and, and in the process, David shows up, and, 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 and all, the, all the, the warriors of Israel are standing there, and, and David's like, who is this guy that is out mocking our God? Who is this guy who is mocking Israel? And he gets this righteous indignation inside of him. He's like, somebody needs to do something. And he gets upset. And so, you know, as he's going on, he said, what happens? What happens when somebody goes out there and takes this guy out? And they said, well, you know, you'll get to marry uh, uh, King Saul's daughter. And, and then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll do great things. You know, your, your name will be great. And David's like, sign me up. How do I get involved in that? And so uh, King Saul hears of this. And David moves up into where King Saul is. And King Saul, uh, David must have been a great salesman because he kept telling King Saul, I can do this. I've got the ability to do this. And he pulls back to points in his life. And King Saul says, you know, how are you trained? What makes you, what makes you think that you're fit? You're just a little 17-year-old kid who, who can't do much. How, what makes you think that you are qualified to go out there? And David reflects back to when he was watching sheep for his dad. And he says, at one time I was out watching sheep and the lion came. And you know what? He had the lamb. And I pulled the lamb out of its mouth. And I grabbed it by the beard and I waylaid that lion, come on somebody, till I killed the lion. And then another time a bear came and the same thing and I killed that lion. So I believe if I can kill the bear and I can kill the lion that God will be with me and I can take out this Philistine. Amen. How many know that we got to have a tenacity in our life and a courage in our life to face things. Amen. Oh, come on. How many know that the church has walked in too much timidity over the last 10, uh, 10 to 20 years? You know, we've backed off. Culture has moved forward. It is mocking us. It is standing out in the field telling us that we are wrong. Listen, it's time that the, that the children of God need to rise up again with some courage and some dignity and the Holy Spirit power and say, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. And look at your neighbor and say, he's fired up today. So we know this story of David goes out with his little sling and he, 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 I mean, he knocks Goliath down and he runs over there. He hits him smack dab in the head and he's knocked out and he grabs the sword, Goliath's sword, okay, big 10-foot Goliath, right? And he grabs his sword and then he just starts hacking his head. I know this is terrible, right? Terrible thing. It was family Sunday. And he's hacking Goliath's head off 
until he Goliath's head is gone and he's holding up Goliath's head. It's a true story, all right? I'm sorry. And, and he's holding up Goliath's head. And then what happens? All of Israel's like, whoa, we just won. We just won. And they run towards them and all the Philistines take off running. God gave them the victory. And I want to talk to you today about having a little bit of, of courage and a little bit of tenacity in your life. See, there are two reasons David fought and, and killed Goliath. And I, I want to give you some perspective here. So number one is this, okay. And if you're a note taker, you can write this down. I got two points if I got sub points. So you better be in a hurry today, all right. So check this out. Uh, number one is this. He positioned himself to do it. How did he do that? David put himself in position to fight Goliath by obedience. Obedience. All right, we'll get to that point in a minute. Here's the, here's the second reason right here. He was courageous. Uh, he was courageous. He, he, had, he had faith. He had trust in God. When none of the other trained fighters had trust in God, David said, I don't care. Send me out there with the sling and God and we'll take care of this thing. I said this last week, faith is where courage and action meet. It's where we stand up. So I, I want to talk to you on these two points. So he positioned himself to do it. So here's the first point I, wa I want to talk to you about. And what allowed him to be where he was. Number one, it was obedience to leadership. Oh, come on, somebody. David, David was obedient to his who? His dad. His dad. You know what? His dad said, hey, I need you to take some food up to the front lines to your brothers. You're just a sheep watcher. They're warriors. They're out on the battlefield. But had David had a bad attitude, had David said, no, nah, I don't feel like doing that. I'm, I, I don't want to go to the battlefield. He never would have been in position to even face Goliath. Uh, it, it, it makes me it makes me wonder. He's he's out there. He's taking this pizza to them. I, I mean, Domino's, and here he is. He's cheese and bread. I mean, that's literally Domino's, right? And he's going out there, and he's he sees Goliath, and he's like, "What is going on? Why are you guys being cowards out here?" And some of you uh, want to do things so bad for the Lord, and you feel like God has spoken to you to do some things. But listen to me. There is a submission process to leadership that God will put you in the right place at the right time. Because our, our you know, a lot of us are overconfident, and we'll go out, and we, we'll think, I can face Goliath, and we'll go out and get walloped by the enemy. So what if David said this, Dad, I, I don't want to deliver this cheese. God, uh, Dad, I don't want to deliver this bread. You know what? I just want to stay home. I, I just want to play my Xbox. I, I don't feel like going to the battlefield today. Dad, I just want to sleep in today. Come on, somebody. Dad, I, I don't feel like doing that. But no, 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 no. That's not the way David was. He, he was obedient. What if David said, I don't feel like going out to a, to a brook and getting five stones. You know how much work that is? My feet will get wet. This is annoying. But no, David was submissive to his leader. His, his obedience put him in position to face the giant. Come on, somebody, right? Your obedience to the Lord, your obedience to leadership will excel you. Come on. Sometimes there's a season of wait. I understand that. Sometimes it's a struggle. You know what's interesting about this? David's brother, his older brother, he goes to him and he's like, what are you talking about, David? You go home, you little shepherd boy. You go home, little nothing, because you just watched David sheep you don't know anything about what's going on up here in the battlefield and some of you have felt that way in your life you feel like people have just spoke death over you and you, you don't deserve to be there 
But but if 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 you know, and I believe this about David. If King if King Saul would have said, David, I don't want you to fight Goliath. I believe David would have said, Okay, I submit to you. I'll I'll do whatever you you need me to do at this moment. And so he submitted. Everyone say he submitted. Here's number two. Uh, you know what? You know another reason that David was in position for the battle is this: he was faithful to his assignment. He was faithful to his assignment. He knew what his assignment was. He didn't. He didn't get it mixed up. He he knew. So rewind about five to seven years earlier, and and some scholars believe David was ten. Some scholars believe David was twelve. It doesn't really matter. But five to seven years earlier, the prophet Samuel, I talked about this, goes into Jesse's house, and, and he he anoints him to become king while there's still a king. How many know that scary business right there, right? Imagine. Oh, I love the camp speaker this week. He he was talking about. He said if. My son uh, was president of the United States. He was talking about it. He said, my 11-year-old son, he goes, I know that there would be a Fortnite day that he would declare as a national holiday and everybody had to play Fortnite, right? But can you imagine 10 or a 12-year-old kid, come on, being anointed king? We don't even understand that. You know, sometimes we, oh, uh, oh I'm going to step on some toes here. Sometimes we look at these young people and sometimes we look at these uh, younger kids and we say, uh, you know what, God's not ready to use them, but God is looking for a willing vessel. Come on, somebody. And God will use whoever he wants at any given moment. So there he is. For, for five years he had this promise to be king and he's out watching sheep. Ooh, that's frustrating, isn't it? I'm going to be king, and I'm out here with these stinky sheep on this hot day, and I've got, I'm fighting off animals, and, 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 and how many know sheep are a pain? Right? Sometimes you're just sitting there with the sheep, and they just come up and hit you, and, and there's all kinds of struggles there. And he is struggling, in, and for five years there, he is faithful to his assignment. Dad, what do you need me to do? Go out and watch sheep. Gotcha. The Bible says this, that when the Son of Man returns, he will be looking for faithfulness is what, what Luke 18.8 uh, says. He, you know, God's not going to be looking for anointing. God's not going to be looking for calling. God's not going to be looking for talent. But he's going to look, be looking for people who are faithful to their assignment. I may not be able to do everything, but I will do where God has placed me, and I will do it to the best of my ability. I'll be faithful in serving. I'll, I'll give all that I have. And listen, that's what David did. How many remember the story of Paul and Barnabas there in Antioch? And they're, uh, uh, they're working. And Paul, after his transformation, he's there working in the church in Antioch. And he's working his fingers to the bone. And people are getting saved. And, and Barnabas, and they're doing great things. And there's revival breaking out. And then out of while he's faithfully surfing, uh, sur not surfing, he's not surfing. <laughs> no, while he's faithfully serving, the Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, I need you to go out to the mission field. And when they go out to the mission field, when they're out ministering, man, they, they start to reflect, man, this is just like what we were doing back at Barnabas, but we're just in a new place. Do you remember what happened with Demetrius back there? Hey, this is a similar situation. Man, we're just building churches out here, and God began to use them. you got to be faithful, right? But here's the, what I've learned in my life, and this is me too. Listen, I, I'll stand here and say this. I don't like process. How many of you like process? I hate the process of getting into shape. Nobody likes to go to the gym. And there's days you get up and you're just like, I don't want. Nobody likes to eat healthy food. Come on, if you say you do, come on, you're lying right now. No, I, I, 
But I begin to think about this great, uh, great philosophical uh, movie with some great things. The Karate Kid. How many? How many? And how many know the Karate Kid? Right. I'm not talking about that new one. That one's lame. I'm talking about the old one. Come on, come on. You know, in the '80s, right? And I mean, in the process there, Daniel said, "Man, he's out there." And 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 Mr. Miyagi's like, "Hey, uh, I need you to wash my car." And he's like, "What does this have to do with anything?" And he's out there. He's like, "Wax on, wax off, wax on." And, and you know that story. I love that story because he says. Mr. Miyagi says, breathe in the process. You know, he's getting frustrated. He's like, breathe. Listen, some of you, some of you need to hear from the Holy Spirit, Mr. Miyagi, speaking through Mr. Miyagi. You need to breathe in the process. I don't like this, Lord. And, and God's saying, just breathe. I've got a purpose. I've got a plan. And then he's out there painting the fence, and he, you know, and he's doing that, and he's frustrated. And then he finally confronts Mr. Miyagi. He's, Mr. Miyagi, I don't understand. I'm just out here working for you, and this is frustrating. You're about to go fishing, and, and I want to go fishing, and I'm frustrated, and my arm hurts. Right, and Mr. Miyagi does a, you know, whatever, and then his arm doesn't hurt anymore, and he's like, "Wow, that's amazing!" But then, in the process, he starts. Mr. Miyagi begins to attack him, and he's a wax on, and he's blocking them, right? And some of us don't realize that God is just preparing us for the battle that we're about to go in. And I don't know about you, sometimes the process is hard. And sometimes you feel like you're in the nitty-gritty and your fingernails are getting dirty and you're getting tired and you're getting frustrated. But I know this, God works all things together for the good of them that are called. Uh, you know, come on, somebody, come on, right? Everyone say, wax on, wax off. In the process of, of watching sheep, such a simple task, God was preparing him to defend. To defeat Goliath and to be the next king. And he sent the lion and he sent the bear. And in faithfulness, he was faithful to his assignment. It wasn't glorious. Not everyone saw David. Matter of fact, everyone just kind of just counted him out. But he was faithful to his assignment. Here's, a, here's another one right here. Uh, the, the result of, of sacrifice, okay, of self-sacrifice. Everyone say result of self-sacrifice. Have you ever thought about fighting a bear or a lion? I mean, you probably thought about it, but have you, do you know what the ramifications of what that would be? It'd be terrifying, right? Have you seen the claws on, on bears? Have you seen the teeth on bears? Have you seen the claws on lions? Have you seen, have you seen the, 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 the uh, teeth on, uh, and, and claws on lions? And, and David didn't say this. Dad, you know, you're, you're a shepherd. You're going to lose sheep. It's, it's, it's just part of the process. No, no, no. David went and chased down this lion and this bear and pulled the lambs out of their mouth and, and beat the lion and the bear. And you, it, it, it doesn't say in Scripture, but you have to assume it that there had to have been some scars and there had to be some battle wounds. And let me tell you something. Sometimes when you're going through the process, you're going to get scarred and you're going to get bit and you're going to get hurt. But God is just prepping you for something greater. Amen. Oh, come on. I have a lot of family members who serve in different roles. As a matter of fact, I, you know, you can ask some of the kids that were at camp. I had a lot of family there, and they serve in different roles in ministry. And, and growing up, I always felt like, you know, there was always someone else to do something else. And, and someone was always, I always had a cousin or somebody who did this better than me. And I lived in a life where I always would just uh, compare myself to everyone else because they were doing this and they were doing that. And I was always in this comparison thing, and I, I wasn't good enough. But this is what I've learned. You know, and I thought, man, they don't deserve to be there. I'm better looking than they are. They don't deserve to be doing that because I could do the same thing. But what I didn't realize is this, 
that there was a process that God was working within me because he was honing me and he was shaping me for what he had for me. Come on, somebody, right? Here's what I learned through that process, that, that you have a cost. There's a cost to following the Lord. And you've got to develop that. Listen to me, young people. You can't get that from your mom and dad. You have to develop that within yourself. My parents are pastors. I had to develop that within myself. I had to learn what it was to the cost of following God on my own. And I stand here today, listen to you, listen to me. I stand here today to tell you this, that listen, it is worth it. Amen? Amen. And what I love about David is this. He didn't take the shortcut to the throne. King Saul did. And King Saul's character, man, you know what King Saul, he had a terrible ending, a, a failure. And, but David didn't take a shortcut to the throne. Yeah, David made his mistakes, but David always honored God. David always loved God. He always repented, and he always brought, his, brought it back to the Lord. And so, so, listen, there are no shortcuts to the giant. Come on, somebody. So let, let me give you some, here's the second thing. Some biblical sources of courage or strength is this right here. You can write these down. This is point number two uh, right here. Biblical sources of courage, number one, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say that with me. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of what? And what? But What? Oh, man, this is weak. Let's try this again. For God has not given us a what? But of what? So God has given us a spirit of what? Power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. You know, it, it amazes me because I, I think about Peter. Peter denied Jesus three, uh, three times on, uh, when Jesus was going to the cross, right? He, he, man, the guy who said, I will never let them kill you, Lord. I will never let them kill you. And there Peter is, and they're like, hey, hey, you, you were with Jesus. He's like, no, I was not. No, oh, your voice is given. No, I was not. You know, three times he denies him. But on the day of Pentecost, come on, somebody. On the day of Pentecost, he, you know what? The Holy Spirit fell, and, and, Peter, and Peter's life was transformed in a moment, and he went from denying Christ to standing firm for Christ. And that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. Amen? Acts 1.8, it says this, but you, you will receive what? You will receive What? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Here's, I talked about this just recently. You will receive power, what? To overcome sin. Come on, somebody. Listen, some of you are walking in bondages, but the Holy Spirit's like, hey, you need to break that off your life. You need to get that off of you. Come on. So the Holy Spirit will come, and, and he'll give you power to overcome sin. He'll give you power to overcome wickedness. wickedness. Amen. And this is what I know. Before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was a good nominal Christian, right? But after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget, I was filled with the Holy Spirit at camp, and my life began to change. There was a boldness inside of me. There was a tenacity inside of me that was different. Hey, listen, you weren't going to mock my God. You weren't going to, will, I, will, I will get in your face to defend my God. I know it may not have been right, but I will get in your face uh, to defend my God. And, and after I was baptized in, in the Holy Spirit, I started to pray for people with authority. I, I started to, to lay hands on people and, and pray for healing, and I began to witness in boldness and lead people to Christ. 
Like both Peter and Paul, listen, once they had a moment with Jesus and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, their lives transformed and they were not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen? Amen. Listen to me. You, you ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. David shouted that day, hey, hey, you come with me with the spear and a sword, but I come to you. He didn't say with my little sling. He said, in the name of the Lord. That's power and that's authority. You know what's crazy is David wasn't trained in weaponry. I mean, he, he had his sling. He didn't know how to use a spear. Uh, a matter of fact, you know, Saul tried to put his armor on him, and it didn't fit him because Saul was tall and David was short, and it just didn't work. And he's like, you got to fight this way. And David, no, he had to go out with what God had put in his hand. Come on, whatever you have in your hand, God can use it. How many know that? And I believe David stood there in the power of the Holy Spirit when he fought Goliath. You know why? He could recount, I already beat a lion, and I already beat a bear. So I know God's going to deliver me from this giant. Amen. Now, I know some of us, listen, I know we're out of the COVID season, thank God, amen. Uh, but I know COVID stirred a lot of fear in our society that was not there before. Come on, it's still, the fear is still rampant in our society and our nation like never before. But can I tell you, God has not given us a spirit of fear. When you're in fear and anxiety, you need to quote that scripture. God did not give me this. God, devil, you do not have control of my, no, no, you don't have control of my mind. God has given me power over this. God has given me authority over this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and, and here's what I'll tell you. If you aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, you ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible says this, you just ask for it. You get everything out of your, out of your life. Repent. Ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit and God will fill you. I, I'll never forget just, you know, I don't know how long it goes. There was a lady who came to the church. She needed something and she needed some uh, money and some food. And, um, and so, I, I, you know, and she was pretty, she was pretty, pretty mean about it too. Come on, how many know you, sometimes you deal with some rough people, right? And she was pretty mean about it and pretty vocal about it. And I'll, and I'll never forget, I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll do this for you. I, pr I was just letting the Holy Spirit lead. And I said, I'll take you across the street. I put some gas in her car and I got her some food and I brought it out uh, to her. And, while it, and, and, and she came out to where I was putting gas in her car. And she came over there, and I didn't know what she was going to do. Come on, sometimes we deal with some crazy people. And, and I mean, she's a pretty big gal. And, and, and anyway, I'm just being honest. I'm just being real. All right. And, and, uh, and she came up to me, and she said, she said and, I, and her whole demeanor was mean. I mean, it was me. And then she came up to me. She said, thank you for doing this. She goes, I, I don't deserve this. And I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this for me. I mean, she was open and honest. And it was crazy. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. She went from mean to, uh, and she said, I want you to pray for me right now. In the middle of Johnny's parking lot, right by the gas pump. Poof. She just, I mean, she knelt down. Now listen, listen. Had I been timid, hey, get up. We, we don't pray for people like that. Know what I did? I laid my hands on her, and I began to pray for her, and I began to speak, speak it out so she could hear it. I began to pray for her right then and there. I'm sure people were getting gas going, ooh, there's a Holy Ghost uh, over there in lane 7. God's doing something over there in lane 7. How do I get over there? Right? And, and I just began to pray for her. I said, God, you, you touch her. God, Lord, you meet her need. God, you touch her life. Lord, you change her. Amen. It takes the Holy Spirit. All right, here's the second one right here, the Word of God. Everyone say, the Word of God. Psalm 27 says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I 
The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I what? If God is for you, who can be against you? Amen. That's, that's beautiful right there. Uh, Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be what? Strong and what? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many know that God is with you? The Word of God. The Word of God. Listen, uh, it's important that you get the Word of God uh, in your life because it will give you the power to overcome things. And you'll know, you'll know, hey, God didn't say that about me. He actually said that I wouldn't have fear, that I'd have power and love and a sound mind. And God told me this in Scripture, and you could call the devil a liar because you know the Word of God. Amen? There are 365 times in Scripture uh, uh, there, is, there is an encouragement that says, do not fear. For every day of the year, come on, you can open up your Bible and read, hey, do not fear. Amen. How many know that God has not given us a spirit of fear? And here's what happens to us. I think sometimes we walk around in defeat because some of us don't have the word of God in our hearts. I know I'm stepping on some toes right now. Right? We don't know the Word of God. We don't know what it says about us. And let, let me tell you something. It's easy to quote the Word of God up here uh, on Sunday morning. It's easy to quote the Word of God over you on, on Wednesday, on prayer night, and all those things. It's not as easy to quote the Word of God on you, right, when you're going down 37 and you cut someone off and they're chasing you because they're mad at you, right? And you're like, oh, God has not given me a spirit of fear. You did something dumb, right, or whatever. You know, come on. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm just playing, right? But, but, you know, it's easy to quote here, but then you get out in real life. It's not easy to quote scripture when you, when you come upon a scene of an accident. And you're the first person there and you, you can pray with someone who may be dying in that moment. You're, you can pray with, it's not, it's not, but it takes the word of God to, to give you strength to, to let you know, hey, I, you got this. God, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 his word says be strong and what? Courageous. Do not be afraid. You ought to write that on your heart. What does that mean? You ought to get that down in your heart. When you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you feel defeated, God told me, be strong and courageous. Right now, I'm just going to give you all I got. It's not very much, God, but I'm going to do my best, and God will do the rest. Amen? Amen. Here's, here's the next one right here, a God-sent friend. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. A God-sent friend. You know what's crazy is David's older brother laughed at him, right? He said, go home, little sheep, sheep boy. Go home and watch the sheep. You shouldn't even be out here. And, 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 and here's the thing. Some of you ha have never had anyone tell you that you're good enough. Some of you have been raised by parents who were brutally mean to you, who never told you that, that you were good and that you had good in you. Some of you have lived a lie because people have told you, you're, you're not going to amount to anything. You're not going to do any good. And then what happens when people begin to speak those things over us, we begin to believe those things and we, we become powerless. I can't do that. Oh, some of you, so, uh, boy, I'm going to step on some toes right here. Some, some of you say this, I, I'm an introvert because that's what I am. God says, no, 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 no. I can put my power, the Holy Spirit inside of you to do great things. Right? What does God say, right? And, 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 and so I, I'm here today on assignment of the Holy Spirit to tell you that, that, that this, listen to me. Some of you have never heard anything good about you. You are God's masterpiece. 
Ephesians 2.10. You are God's masterpiece. Matter of fact, if you go back into Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it, uh, you know, verse 1 through 3, it talks about our condition. It's bad, blah, 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 blah. In verse 4, it says, but God. Amen. And then it goes on to talk about God through his, his grace and mercy. He has set us free. And then after he sets us free by his grace and mercy, Ephesians 2.10 says, you are God's masterpiece. That means that God put you up and he's like, you are beautiful. You will do great things. Amen. I believe this. There, there, there's a warrior in you, uh, you know, uh, and, and some of you need to, to learn to stand up and get yourself in position and ready to fight. Amen. You know, I, I've been told, I'm only reading this I'm, because I, I've never experienced it. Anybody ever ran a marathon? I, I think I asked this last week, right? Maybe, I don't know. Anybody ever run a marathon? All right, my kind of people right here. Anybody ever run a half marathon? All right, Jenna has. Um, anybody ever run 5K? Oh, you have run a half marathon, a 5K, right? Does anybody just struggle to get a mile in? 100 yards. All right, that's me. But I, I read this. Marathon runners, they get to a place in the race. I have never experienced this. I'm just going off of what I've read, okay? I'm just, I'm just telling you. But there's a place that they get to in a marathon where they call, it's, they call it the wall when they're running. And it's 26.2 miles. That's just foolish. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, it's foolish to me because I can't do it. And too many french fries and chicken strips, all right. But runners, they get to this place, and it's called the wall. At about mile 18, they hit this wall, and, and they get tired. And most runners, that's where they will drop out of the race because they're just wore out. They're dead. They can't do anymore. It's like, I'm tired. I can't, I can't keep going. I, I've got nothing else in the tank. But, but a good runner does this. You know, if they, they, they strategically place their team members and, and family members at, at mile 18 for this point because when they get their family there, their family's there and they're holding little cups of water and they're giving them little little gel caps of carbs while they go by and they're going, you can do this, you've got this. And in that moment where they feel like quitting, there's somebody on the sideline saying, go, 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 keep going, don't stop. Here's a drink. Here's a, here's a little a capsule of carbs that'll keep you going for you know a little bit longer and keep going. And this is amazing. They cheer them on, and then and then once a runner gets to about mile 24, 26, they're getting towards the end of the race, and there are people there, and it's amazing. I, I read this. I, I I can't say I experienced this in life, but but I read this. But runners, when they get to mile 24, 26, where the people are, and they're cheering for them, and they're like, go, go, go. They get this like third win, and they begin to just go until they get to the end and they finish the race. Some of you, come on, I, I, I just say this, some of you in here are, are encouragers to people. Listen, if, listen, in your life, you, you're called to encourage somebody. You're, you're called to say, listen, I know you're struggling right now, but you got this, buddy. You got this, Stephen. I, I know you're struggling right now, but listen, run, little guy, run. Keep going. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up. Everyone's called to be an encourager. It's not just pastor's job to encourage. It's your job to encourage each other. I'll do my best to encourage. I, I do my best. 
You know, Proverbs 18.24 says there's a friend who sticks closer than, than a brother. Proverbs 17.17 17 says a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for what? Adversity. So when the hard times come, they're the ones at mile 18 going, don't stop. I know it's terrible right now. I know you want to quit. I know you want to give up. I know you feel like you, you don't have courage. Keep going. Amen. I talked about this last week. My two biggest cheerleaders in my life are my mom and my wife. My mom, doesn't matter. Go, baby, you got this. I was laying the floor at her house. She was cheering me on. You got this. Looks good. It looks good. I'm like, Mom, I don't like the way this looks. No, it's fine. You're doing great. You look like Bob Vila down there. Encouraging me, loving on me, tell me I can. My wife, she speaks life into me. She says things. I, I think I said this last week. She says, she tells me things. You got this, Skiles. You get up. You got this. You can do this. And you're the man. I'm the man. You're tough. I'm tough. You're a man of God. I'm a man of God. You know why she does that? Because she doesn't want to be married to a weakling. She speaks life into me. She makes me better. I, and listen, I can, go, I can go throughout this whole room of people who speak life into me and have spoke life into me in different situations and different seasons. But can I tell you this? I want to tell you this. I believe that there is a God-given potential inside each and every one of you. Listen to me, young people. You will do great things. Every one of you. Allison, you will do great things. Brayden, you will do great things. Jackson, you will do great things. Corbin, you will do great things. Jarrett, you, and listen, I could, I could call them all out, but I know I'm going to miss somebody's name. You all can do great things. You can be the Lord's witnesses. I believe that you guys can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I believe that you guys can lay hands on people and demons will run and flee because of the power of God that is working through you. I believe that you can transform your school. I believe that you can walk into your, the hallways of the school by the leading of the Holy Spirit and transform and be the catalyst of what God wants to do. If God can use David, why can't he use you? Listen to me. I'll talk to the older crowd now. You'll be successful in your marriage. You'll be successful in your work. You'll be a, a, a great child of God that does great things for the kingdom of God. Amen? Uh, can I tell you, I believe in you. Listen, I believe in you. And I, I believe there's greatness in God's sons and daughters, every one of them. And I know our team does, and I know our staff does. We, 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 just, we speak that over all of you. And can I tell you, there are people in this church who will help you fight the lion. And there are people in this church who will help you fight your bear. And they'll help you for when it's time to fight the giant. I'll never forget just a few weeks ago, I saw my former youth pastor, my, one of my first youth pastors. And while I saw him, uh, he, he's got his doctorate degree, which I never thought he would ever get. And I hope he doesn't watch our podcast or, I mean, our thing. <laughs> Honestly, I'm being honest. I mean. But he, he has his doctorate, and he's doing great things for the kingdom of God. And, 
and, and I was talking to him. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about going on and maybe further in my education. He goes, do it. Just like I was 15 again. Do it, TJ. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And he told me that. He spoke that into my life. Still to this day, speaking into my life. I love that. Listen, you know, Tristan and I have had some great people over the years. We often reflect over this, people who spoke into our lives in different seasons and different times and different things. And had it not been for people pushing us and telling us that God has us, listen, I don't know if we would have made it. We're going to do our best to do the same for you. We're going we're gonna to hold you up. We're going we're gonna to just, just pray over you and, say, and speak life over your situation. Here's the last thing right here, last point right here. I promise I'll be fast. Ready? Dead lions. Dead bears, dead giants. Dead lions, dead bears, and dead giants. See, David had the courage because he had some small wins in his life. Some of you don't have never had a small win in your life. and Some of you have never led someone to Christ. You don't even know what that joy it is to, to be able to lead someone to Christ. And some of you have had so many uh, losses that you just feel like a big loser, right? <laughs> You don't have any wins, but but a lot of L's. And you can't remember the last time that, uh, you know, something amazing, uh, you know, you did something where you felt like it was a win. But and I, what happens is you feel like a loser when you when you don't have any, any W's, right? Here's what I'll tell you. Softball season just ended. I can't get a hit unless I'm in a batter's box. I can sit in the dugout and chirp my mouth all day long. But if I don't have that bat in my hand and I'm not sitting in the batter's box, if I'm not in the position, listen, I'll never get a chance to hit, hit a ball. The great uh, Wayne Gretzky, the leading scorer of the NH NHL, said this, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And that is 100% right. Some of you are being led by fear of the lion and the flesh, the bear, the flesh. And you need to overcome the lion and the bear today. Amen. Listen, in my youth group growing up, I had friends in my youth group who were more talented than me, than me at speaking. My best friend, I still think he's a better speaker than I am. And, 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 and a great, uh, just great. There's, I have friends who ha have more money and more resources. Some people were better looking than me. Not many, but a few of them were better looking than me. And, but, but here's what I'll tell you. Some of those friends, and I, you know, never had the courage to get and swing for the fences. And what keeps me and Tristan going is this. I don't know if I'll hit it, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to stand in courage. David, he just trusted in God. God, I, I don't know. I'm just going to go out there, do what you, what you want me to do. Amen? Listen, some of you have never taken a shot because of fear, fear of failure. Can I tell you something? you got to kill that lion. Some of you have never accepted Christ because of fear. you got to kill that lion. Some of you uh, uh, got to kill the, the bear of flesh and pride. And some of you, you know, are, man, I'm just I'm stuck. The bear is killing me. I, 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 and God's saying, take care of it. And this is what I want you to do today. I want you to face the, the lion of fear today and say, hey, I, I want to commit, commit myself to Jesus. I believe the Holy Spirit's in this place. Will you bow your heads with me? All across this building. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you an invitation to know him today. If that's you, and you say, I, I want to know Jesus, and I've let fear lead me, and I, 
I haven't had any wins in my life. Today, I, I, I want to give you one of the, the best win that you'll ever have is salvation through Jesus Christ. You're here, and you're under the sound of my voice. You say, Pastor, that's me. You want to know Jesus, would you lift your hand? Anybody in this building? In this moment, take just a few moments here just to thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let me just tarry just a moment. I, I know. Don't worry, the buffet will be there when you, when you will get there. Someone's soul may be in the balance today. Let's pray this prayer, Lord. Just repeat this after me. Jesus, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I admit that I've done wrong. Lord, I admit that I've failed you. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. God, I confess my sins to you. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind Calvary. And forgive me, Lord, of all my transgressions, all my faults, all my failures. God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. That he lived a perfect life. He went to a cross, died for my sins, raised from the dead, and is now in heaven with the Father. God, I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Before we, we move on, just real fast, if you're here and uh, you say, Pastor, I need to deal with the lion and I need to deal with the bear in my life. Maybe you're saved, but maybe maybe you're struggling and there's some things you, you need you need to take care of. I, you need the Lord to, to help you with today. Will you just do this? Would you just stand right where you're at? Just If that's you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being real. Listen, God can deal with real people. He, he, he wants honest people. And sometimes we're not even honest with them. Some of you are letting fear keep you in your seat because you're like, man, what will people think about me? Who cares? Will you do this? Stretch your hands towards these people right now. God, I pray for every person that's dealing with <laughs> lions and bears. God, maybe it's some things they need to tackle in their life. The enemy is put out in front of them. God, would you give them the courage, Lord, to stand in these. God, some of them need, need some, uh, uh, some wins today. God, would you give them the courage to stand. God, you're building character, Lord. You're, you're doing process, Lord, through us, Lord. You're preparing us for greater things, God. God, we, some of us have become discouraged in, in, the, in serving in the little things, God. If we're faithful in the small things, God, you will make us ruler of much is what the scripture says. So, God, in the process, God, don't let us get discouraged, but let us be encouraged by, by the word of God, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, by, by a God-sent friend, God. God, would you help us, Lord? Would you put us in position, Lord? God, would you begin to position us, God, through through process to, to face our giant. But, God, maybe we're not ready yet, but, God, would you help us to walk these steps out, Lord, that you've called us to. God, just like David, before he ever fought Goliath, God, he was obedient to his father, Lord. He 
He fought the lion. He fought the bear. And eventually, God, you, you moved him, Lord, to fight Goliath. God, you gave him a great victory that day. And we thank you for this. God, I pray for every soul, God, every person that's here. God, would you encourage them right now? Holy Spirit, will you begin to just uh, lift burdens off of those that are standing right now? God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. God, God, the works of their hands. God, would you begin to multiply? God, I pray for every student that's about to go back to school. God, that you would give them the power of the Holy Spirit to, to transform, God, uh, uh, the, the high schools, God, and the, the schools that they go to. God, give them courage, Lord, to stand. God, give them courage to stand. When no one else is standing, when everyone else is mocking, God, give them courage to stand. Be with them, God. Let them know, Lord, you're walking with them. God, we thank you for this. God, we give you the praise. God, we give you the glory. And God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.